This is the Michael Wall Show. Michael is a speaker, author, and president of Wall Private Wealth. His passion is to help families live on purpose and live with purpose. And now, here's Michael Wall. Well, here we are back again. Brand new week. Hope you're having a good week and a good weekend for that matter. Again, I'm your host, Michael Wall. You've tuned into the right place to get some great insight information on actually helping you improve your life, be encouraged, and uh, add value to others. By the way, at any point in time, feel free to go to michaelwallshow.com. We're going to have a little special offer running this week, too, by the way. We're going to give away a free book. (laughs) How about that? For retirement. It's called Retire Once, Retire Well. It's our bestseller. And all you got to do is go to michaelwallshow.com slash free book to check that out. But this week, we're going to jump into a bunch of different things. Obviously, I'm going to lead out with my motivational segment, as I do always. going to talk about a topic that I think is essential for success today. We're going to jump into a financial segment talking about the boomers. Did you know, hey, these boomers are the first set getting ready to hit 70 and a half, and they're going to be pulling some money out of the market because they have to, the government says. How will that affect your retirement? Also, the wrong investments could be sabotaging your retirement. We're going to talk about what that looks like. CNBC had some info and weighed in on that, so we're going to discuss that. And we've got a great segment coming up with Mayor Pacifico, Mayor Matt Pacifico. He's a buddy of mine, and he is actually the mayor of Altoona, Pennsylvania. You might say, who is Altoona? Well, that's where I'm from originally, a smaller town, just like many small towns across America, seeing a lot of growth, a lot of change, a lot of good things. Excited about that. So we got an interview, exclusive interview with Mayor Matt Pacifico and the band Chicago. How many have ever heard of Chicago? Have you ever listened to their music? I'll tell you, a big band. They've sold over 100 million records. We had an interview with them on their 50th anniversary tour. Got a chance to sit down with them in the House of Blues in New Orleans. And great interview with them, sharing insight on some of their success journey. So that all is packed into one great show. Again, at any point in time, michaelwallshow.com. If you've missed some of it, you can make sure you're subscribing to the podcast. Many listeners all over the world, if you're listening via radio, you may want to join them and listen as you want, when you want. But I'm going to jump into the motivational segment because this is a conversation that I want to have with you this week. Regardless of your age and regardless of where you are, we all have certain gifts and abilities to use. And we're all in a place where sometimes, you know, we might have had success here, success there, but sometimes we look for what the next phase is. And I want to talk about success in general. First off, you need to define what does success mean to you? That's, that's an important step, by the way. I want you to step back in, in your life and define what success means to you. And that might mean, maybe for you if you're younger, it might mean more financially right now. You know, I want to be in a place where I make enough money that I can support myself, that I can support my family, that I can, you know, take nice vacations, take trips, do what I want to do. If you're older and you've sold a business or you're retiring, that success might be, I want to make sure that I can protect my my income, protect my retirement, protect my wealth, and, and leave a legacy for my family that may look like that. Uh, maybe success might mean to you, uh, you know, I want to make sure that I'm interacting and adding a lot of value to the world around me as I go through life, whether that be, you know, taking care of being part of nonprofits or organizations or just day-to-day connecting with people that need help in their life. You know, if you've listened to us for some time, you'll know that we're very involved in a lot of different nonprofits. We're very involved in a lot of places that are really adding value to people that can't help themselves. So I want to ask you this question when you look at success after you've defined it. This is really important. I want to ask you the question of who is responsible for your success? Your success to build the wealth that you want to build. Your success to live the life that you want to live. Your success to add the value that you should be adding to people around you. Who's responsible for that? Have you thought about that? You know, we live in a culture, unfortunately today, that is very other people focused. And by that, I mean, it's everyone else's fault. (laughs) You know, it's not my fault that this didn't happen. Because this occurred and that occurred and this occurred. Well, it's not my fault that I didn't get the job that I wanted to. It's not my fault that I didn't build the business that I wanted to. It's not my fault that I didn't, you know, and you fill in the blank, whatever that is. And I think the biggest thing that we can do to aid in making sure that we achieve the success that we really dream is, number one, make sure we write it down. 
Write your steps down. Write your what your success looks like down. Write your goals down. That's number one. Number two, create actionable steps to make sure that you can get there. And number three, take full responsibility. Not half, but full responsibility for your own success. You know, it reminds me of a story when I was younger. And, and again, we're going to be hearing Mayor Pacifico from Altoona. Well, I grew up in Altoona. Altoona, Pennsylvania, and we're going to hear a story, or I'll share with you a story. You're not going to hear it. I'm going to share it with you now, a story when I was younger, and I was playing in our playroom. I'll never forget it. It was 440th Street was the the address, and we were there, and we had a playroom off. If you've ever had that when you were younger, had a playroom with all your toys in, well, we did. I was blessed to have that. And in that playroom, there there was a window, and it was a picture window. It was a big window. I mean, it was probably... I don't know, eight, it it seemed enormous to me at the time. I don't know how big it was, but it was probably eight to 10 feet wide by five or six feet tall. It was a big window. It took up a big part of the wall. And so, you know, I'm playing in the playroom and uh, I'm there playing with my toys and, you know, they didn't have Legos uh, to the same degree at that time, but I'm playing with GI Joes or whatever I was playing with. And all of a sudden I see this fly come into playroom and it's flying around and doing its thing. And of course, like any young boy would do, he's, he wants to kill that fly, take care of it. He said, no, it's annoying him. So I thought, what's the best way to get this fly? You know, I had some toys laying around. I looked at some of the toys and they, they weren't going to suit my needs. So I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go downstairs in the basement and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to grab out of, the, out of my dad's toolbox the hammer. It's hard. It was solid. That seemed like a good approach. So I took that, <laughs> took that hammer back upstairs. You probably already know where I'm going here, but stay with me. I took the hammer back upstairs, and lo and behold, the fly is still in that playroom. So here I am running around, you know, swinging that hammer at the fly. Well, would you believe that that fly ended up landing on the window? And so I thought, all right, I got it now, baby. I, I, you're all mine, fly. I'm going to get you, baby. So I took that hammer, and I swung it, hit the window, And you know exactly what happened. That glass cracked everywhere. It was all over the place. Huge picture window. Now, the fly got away. Now, that's the unfortunate part. The fly actually got away. It escaped and it actually became free. You know, free at last, free at last. You've heard it said before. Well, I set the fly free, uh, but I wasn't free, unfortunately. (laughs) My mom, you know, comes in. Hey, what's going on here? And there I am standing with a hammer in my hand. Well, this was kind of a challenging thing to say. It wasn't me. It was my sister because (laughs) I was clearly the culprit. I was the one that did it and I had to take the blame. So why am I sharing that story with you? The reason I'm sharing the story is because I was the one that had to take full accountability and responsibility for that situation. There was a little bit of spanking that went into that and, uh, you know, I had I had a, 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 some wood across my, my bottom. If you remember, that's how we used to discipline our children, and it actually worked. And we still, by the way, in my family, discipline that way with our kids because we find that it works. But the point is I had to take full responsibility, just as you do with your success. When I started my first company back in 2001, I got to remember when I think back to that, it wasn't easy. You know, we started out, we, we had a, an apartment, second floor apartment. It was $400 a month was our rent. And we started from humble means and we grew and grew and grew. And along the way, we had some naysayers and we had some people that said some things that were, you know, unkind and and everything else. But we continued on the course and we took full responsibility for our success. Have you ever driven down the road and been in a situation where someone cut you off? You know, you're in your car and they just cut you off and that just, it just set you off. You got upset. I can't believe that person, whatever. And there they are driving merrily along the rest of their day, oblivious (laughs) to the fact that they even cut you off in traffic, not even thinking about it. And yet that person has total control over you when you're allowing them to with the mindset that you have of frustration because they cut you off. And this all dials back into taking responsibility. We have to take responsibility with how we respond to things, how we react to things, what we do, whether or not we implement things to move us towards success or whether we don't. What are you doing on your off time? If, if you're in a place where all you do when you come home from your work or your job now and you want to build another business or you want to be a part of a nonprofit and add more value to people, maybe you like a lot of our clients have sold businesses and financially you're well to do. 
And you're like, you know, I just really like to get involved, but I just don't know where. And then every day of the week, you go out and play golf. Or you go hang out with, with other people. And you don't spend time researching or asking questions or looking for good opportunities where you can get involved. The only way you're going to accomplish that success of whatever you've defined in your own life is by taking the steps, making the effort to actually intentionally move towards your goal and move towards that success. And there are going to be things that want to detour you in life. And that's where we have to look at our life. You've heard it said before, the good, better, best, right? We have to eliminate the good and eliminate the better. Seems good at the time. Oh, this seems like a good opportunity. We got to push that aside to make sure we focus on the best. But that only happens when we take full accountability and full responsibility personally. We take personal responsibility for achieving our own success and our own life. So my challenge to you at the end of this segment is this. Stop blaming other people for the reasons that you are not the success that you want to be. Stop blaming the culture. Stop blaming those around you. Stop blaming people that are closest to you. And take full responsibility for everything in your life to take action on. And instead of saying, well, you know, I'm overweight because this or because of that, the food today is unhealthy or whatever. No, take responsibility, take action and live it out. So that way, as you take responsibility for your success, you know what happens? It's a ripple effect. And you actually move to add value to others in a mighty way. So I hope that's challenged you. hope that's encouraged you. Take action. Let's change for the better. And we're going to talk coming up next about baby boomers hitting retirement. Why is that important to your wealth? And an article on CNBC you're not going to want to miss. So hang tight. We'll be back right after this. Hi, this is Michael Wall. I know it can be challenging to get the right information to know exactly what investments you should make, how to find the right financial advisor, how to build a solid financial house that will outlast and work through any market condition. So what I decided to do is put together a simple, easy to understand Retire Well video series where you can go at your leisure and watch these videos and clearly understand the best opportunities and get more education so you can make a better decision for your financial future. All you need to do is go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the link that says click here to access the Retire Well webinar series. This series is going to bring to light and really offer you a lot of clarity to help you make better decisions with your financial future. Again, that's leanonthewall.com. You're listening to The Michael Wall Show. Catch up on previous episodes at michaelwallshow.com. Now, back to the show. What a great song there. Welcome you back into the Michael Wall Show. And we are, as always, sharing thought and insight to help you improve your life, add value to others, protect your wealth, grow your wealth, and do all the things that you want to do while having some great interviews and great guests. By the way, keep dialed in because a little bit later on, we're going to be having Mayor uh, Matt Pacifico join us as well as Chicago, the band, in the uh, end of the show, talking about their story and their journey a little bit. 50th anniversary tour. Great interview. Great interview. We're going to replay. But hey, I wanted to jump in this segment and talk about finances because, you know, there's a lot of things going on out there, obviously politically and economically that a lot of people have questions about and what's going to happen with our wealth and where are we going to go and and all of those things. So if you're out there and you have some money, uh, you may want to dial into this because this is something that's going to be important to you in your future wealth building time. A couple of things that we talk about or you hear a lot over the years is the baby boomers. You know, the baby boomers, the baby boomers, the baby boomers. They used to be the largest generation in the country. Well, the baby boomers are no longer the largest generation. They are still the generation with the majority of the money, however. And when you look at the boomers, there's a couple of things that are happening right now, kind of a demographic shift, if you will. I've been talking about this for some time. We've done a lot of video about this. I've shared a lot of this commentary, whether it be on media, whether it's Fox Business or other spots, CNBC, myself. And this is something that we're kind of actually starting to see come into fruition. Now, if you're not aware of this movement, what's happening is it's a big deal. There's about 10,000 boomers that are retiring 
every single day and have been for some time. And they're continuing. It's it's about a 20-year span from, from it's been happening for about, you know, eight or 10 years now to about another eight to 10 years out. The 20-year span, about 10,000 boomers retiring a day. So it's quite a large group rolling into that retirement space. And the question that we have to ask ourselves is how will this affect the overall market? So two things that I wanted to bring up here and two things that I wanted to talk about is, uh, number one, the whole idea of RMDs and how that's going to affect your wealth in general, even if you're not in a place where you have to take RMDs. Now, what are RMDs? RMDs are required minimum distributions. That's when someone turns 70 and a half and they are required from their 401k or IRA or 403b or profit sharing or deferred comp, any type of qualified plan, they are literally required, you are required to take a certain amount out. There's tables that are created by the IRS and the divisor at age 70 and a half is actually 27.4. So you can get online and you can look at these RMD tables and it'll tell you how much of your portfolio you must take out, whether you want to take it or not, by the way. Now, you might be saying to yourself, well, geez, I'm not 70 and a half yet. This doesn't really apply to me. Uh, maybe you are 70 and a half, and it does, and, and you need to pay attention to that if you do. By the way, a little side note, if you're 70 and a half, make sure you take your RMDs out correctly, because if you don't, there is a 50% penalty. Yep, the government's your friend. They're going to let you grow your money over these years, tax deferred. And if you don't take it out correctly, they're going to penalize you at 50%. Well... You need to make sure you get that right. But let's say you're not 70 and a half, or let's say you're just looking at your wealth in general and you say, how will this affect me? Well, I got to tell you, here's the reality. Demographic investing. We saw this in Japan back in the 90s, in the early 90s, and how it affected the overall markets of Japan at that time. Well, in America, here we are, we're in a place where we know that markets move forward in a variety of different ways. But the number one reason that markets move forward is by monies being invested into things. So think about this for a minute. So the baby boomers really started investing into retirement back in the early 80s, right? I mean, they kind of their their party days were kind of behind them. They were getting more focused on life and business. Their kids were kind of getting of age. And they were literally in a place where they were starting to make a little bit more money and, and focus on retirement. You might be listening to this as a baby boomer and it resonates exactly with what I'm saying because this is what we've seen as a, as, as a generation overall. So they're putting money and putting money and putting money every year into some type of retirement plan, 401k, 403b. Pensions, as we know, started going away. A lot of these companies started saying, you know, we just can't afford financially to continue to maintain these pensions the way we used to. We just can't do it. So they started to create a new opportunity where you could invest into your own retirement called a 401k. And a lot of companies would offer a match or incentives for you to invest there. And if you were a nonprofit or in a school district or you know something like that, it'd be a 403b or something else of the sort. But folks were now in as a general rule, investing monies every single month into their future retirement. So they're putting money in, they're putting money in, they're putting money in the markets as a whole. Well, if you look at the stock market from the early 80s till the year 2000, for the most part, it was positive. It was up. And a lot of people equate that to presidents or they equate it to, you know, different things that were being sold or companies offering this product or that product or whatever. But again, the only way a fire grows is by more oxygen and more, more fuel, right? Think about it. You've ever sat by the campfire. If, if you don't add wood to the campfire, what's going to happen to the fire? Well, it's eventually going to go out. You have to add fuel to it. And similarly, the markets, one of the things that we know is the markets move forward based on fuel. Money's coming in. That's one reason. It's quite honestly one of the big reasons that money's move, that the markets move forward. A lot of people might say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's this company or that company. It may be Apple. It might be, you know, this new technology. But let's think about this for a minute. If you invested in Apple back in the day when the stock was a lot lower you know, you might look now and say, hey, the stock's been way up. But if, if the market, if consumers as a whole did not buy Apple products, they said, you know what? This is a little too cumbersome. I don't understand the technology. I'm just, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to not use this for whatever reason. Apple would not be where it was today, regardless of how good of a salesman Steve Jobs was or wasn't. But what happened? 
or our society as a whole, for the most part, embraced that technology, which pushed Apple and other companies like it to new heights, which also rose markets in a lot of ways. Well, now here we are, and we're literally in a place where those baby boomers that I talked about just a minute or so ago are now literally in a place, the first boomers that were retiring in mass, they're now in a place where they are turning 70 and a half. Why is that important? Well, the reason it's important is because now they must take out a certain portion of their investments, whether they want it or not. So you tell me, what if you built that campfire and you were required by the counselor, the camp counselor, to start taking wood out of the fire. What's that going to do to the fire? Is it going to cause it to burn brighter or potentially burn less bright? And so now what we have is we have the largest generation at the time before. Now it's now it's not the largest, but they are the most have the most money starting to take logs, if you will, or money out of the out of the market. They're taking money out because they are required to take money out. Now, I know a lot of people might say, well, geez, but we have, uh, you know, younger people behind them and they're investing and they're doing a lot of things and everything else like that. But let me ask you a question. If you're 50, 55, 60 or older and you have children, how are your kids doing? Think about it for a minute. How are your kids doing to invest into markets or put into their retire- own personal retirement plans like you did? Are they doing the same thing you are? Or are they trying to spend most of their money on lifestyle stuff? Cars, houses, vacations. Do they ever ask you for money? Maybe they've asked you for money. You say, geez, they're certainly not. I think we know. Listen, I've been sitting down with families that are retiring or soon going to be retiring for almost 17 years now. And one of the things that I've seen is a common trend is the generation coming behind the boomers are not investing like the boomers did themselves. So this is a problem that we're getting ready to face. There was a Forbes article that actually covered that, talking specifically about what's going to happen. It's, it says the day the stock market changed forever in retirement. It's very, very important. You know, there's another article that I want to reference here, which was kind of interesting. And this is talking about investments in general, because as we move into retirement, it's not just about what's happening with the overall markets, money going in, money coming out. It's also how is our money invested? And there was an article written uh, by CNBC, Lori Conish is the author, and the, the article is called The Wrong Investments Are Sabotaging Your Retirement. And, you know, when we look at that and markets change, we have to ask ourselves the question, as they change, what type of investments do we have? You know, it's pretty easy to make money when the market goes up. You could be, I remember back, I think it was in the late 80s, they did a test, maybe it was the 90s where they did a test where they literally had monkeys. (laughs) They literally had monkeys with darts throw the dart at a wall. It was a big wall full of stocks, you know, little paper stocks. And they literally had the monkeys throw darts at these stocks. And what was interesting is, is they took these stocks that, that the darts hit when the monkeys threw the darts and they put them in a portfolio. And that portfolio actually beat some of the best money managers in the country. And it's kind of an ironic thing. It's a true story, by the way. It's kind of an ironic thing. But the reason that happened is because the markets were positive. So if you look at your investments over the course of the last several years and you say, you know, I've made a lot of money. I've made some good money. Things have been well for me. You know, my, my advisor, the firm that I'm working with did a good job. Listen, a rising tide will lift all boats. So don't be overexcited about the overall returns that you've made. There's nothing wrong with making money. I'm glad you made money. But I think you have to look at it from the perspective that it is. And that is, if the markets are solid and strong, you should be making money. The question is, what happens to your investments when the markets tank? You know, we've been on a bull run, a market bull run since the beginning of 2009. This is a little, it's a little checkup here. It's a little caution, a little wake up call. Because when the markets do turn over, when will they turn over? No one knows the answer to that. But when they do and they turn over hard, my question is, is what do your investments look like? And if you're using bonds as an idea, as an alternative to protect yourself, that might not be the best approach right now. You know, bonds are at about a 30-year bull market. Bonds also work inverse. That means the opposite direction of interest rates. 
So as interest rates rise because they're at historic lows still, and the Fed has risen rates over five times over the last year, as interest rates rise, that par value on bonds goes down, which means your value, your interest rate might go up, but your value itself actually goes down. So you've got to be asking yourself the question, what am I doing to prepare for retirement? What am I doing to prepare in retirement? And am I in a place where I potentially have the wrong investments that could sabotage my retirement. It was a great article from CNBC, and that's why I wanted to touch on it, because this is a powerful thing that I think a lot of people are not ready for. Now, I want to challenge you with something that's going to help you, I believe, give you more insight and and advice in a non-biased, independent manner to help you make better decisions. So I wrote a book. We've been in the industry some time now, and I, I wanted to put together some of the highlights of some of the things that I've seen. So I ended up writing a book called Retire Once, Retire Well. And it talks about the greatest risk to retirement income and, and avoiding reverse dollar cost averaging and, 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 and making sure that you're safe and set up in a way that makes sense. And what we're going to do for our listeners this week is we're going to actually give that book away. That's, that's right. You heard it with me. Give the book away. It was a bestseller on Amazon. You can go to Amazon right now and see that it's for sale for seventeen seventy six. but we're actually going to give that away to you as you dial in. All you got to do is go to Michael Wall Show dot com slash free book. So if you want to want to copy the book so you can be more informed, better informed, just go to michaelwallshow.com slash free book. And all you got to do is take care of the shipping and handling. So again, that's michaelwallshow.com slash free book. And you'll get your free copy of our book, Retire Once, Retire Well. All you, again, just shipping and handling. You're going to learn a lot from that. It's going to help you add more value to your life and be more informed, better informed to make good decisions. But coming up next, we have a great interview with uh, a friend and mayor, Matt Pacifico of Mayor of Altoona. Going to be a great interview coming up, so hang tight. We'll be back right after this. It's estimated that 40 million people are in modern slavery across the world. Most of them are women and young girls. 85% of sex trafficking victims come from the United States. This is Michael Wall, and at Wall Private Wealth and The Michael Wall Show, we are joining in the fight against human trafficking, and I encourage you to join us in that fight. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit organization with boots on the ground that is making a difference. They're going to places where you and I would never go and rescuing victims and arresting those responsible. That work takes funding, a lot of funding, and that's where all of us can help. So to learn more, go to OURfilm.org. You know, human trafficking has become a $32 billion industry, and by next year, it is expected to surpass the illegal drug trade. It needs to stop. And I, for one, will not stand by while all of our children are at risk. Will you join me in this process of ending sex trafficking in the world? Again, go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org to learn how you can get involved in this fight. Welcome back to the Michael Wall Show. Michael has appeared on several national media outlets like Fox Business, Bloomberg, and CNBC. Now, back to the show. It's a beautiful day. Well, here we are back on the Michael Wall Show, joined in studio, or out of studio, I should say, via the, the beauty of technology, Mr. Matt Pacifico. He is actually the mayor, Mayor Pacifico, let's be official now, of Altoona, Pennsylvania. You might say, if you're listening to this, as we have listeners all over the world, where is Altoona, PA? Well, it's in Pennsylvania. I'll start you there. And it is a, a town called Altoona. It used to be a huge railroad town, and now it's growing in a, a variety of other capacities. I have a little bit of love for that town. That's actually where I'm from originally. Still have a lot of family there. And so I thought, hey, let's bring Matt on. We hear oftentimes in the news you know, about big governments, big cities, all of these things. Well, listen, around the world, there are a lot of smaller cities that are doing a lot of great things. And uh, I remember my kids, you know, they talked about being a good finder. What's going on that's good? So we're going to talk with uh, Mayor Pacifico today about what's happening in uh, some of these smaller towns, and in particular, Altoona, Pennsylvania, on the show to share some good, encouraging thought. Matt, first, let me just say thanks for joining us, Mayor, on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Glad to be here. And uh looks like you had a pretty fun fun weekend yourself going to Barrett Jackson. 
Oh, we had a great weekend. You know, I love uh, love Barrett Jackson, and it was a, it was my first time. We had a lot of fun, and we only bid on fourteen cars, so it worked out well. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a really really great experience. We we definitely had a lot of fun, and you know, it's just a neat experience. My first time, so I wanted to take the kids and. Had a good time there. And so uh, it's it's confusing because, you know, Matt's kind of a friend, but I'll call him mayor to be official. But let me ask you this. Here's what I thought was interesting about your story. You you kind of came from a family business uh, that was started in 1947, and you guys have done a great job, and then you decided to run for mayor of Altoona. What kind of led you to that in, in this process, Matt? What caused you, caused you to say, I'm going to run for mayor and, and see if I can help improve and change? Well, actually... It- being mayor is, is not something that I ever uh, envisioned myself doing, you know. Um, it was about a week before the petitions were due, and somebody came to me and said, hey, there's no, there's no Republicans who took out a petition to, to get on the ballot for mayor. You should, you should do it. So I kind of laughed it off and said, you know, I don't know anything about government or politics. <laughs> uh, so a few days later, somebody else said the same thing to me. And I said, you know, you're the second person this week that's mentioned that to me. So... Sure, I'll do it. So, so I, I, it was the day before the petitions were due. I went out and picked it up, had to get 100 signatures who were city residents and had like 140 by Monday night and filed the next day and was on the ballot. And then, then, uh, then I started getting to work of, you know, researching what it was that exactly a mayor did. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so then I, I just started uh, to learn as much as I could and, and develop my own kind of platform, you know, and ideas. And yeah, and, uh, well, I love I love the fact that I think sometimes government officials, in my opinion, you know, they're they're kind of they stay around too long and they they don't have a real touch of what's going on out there. And so I love the fact that you've come in almost from a little bit of a business sense. And you know, uh, Mayor, I just wanted to talk a little bit about how the governments change, smaller governments, larger governments and the inefficiencies there, and, and what your perspective has been. Now, you've been in, this is your second term. You've been in there for a little while. What have you seen that's kind of like, wow, this is very different than what I thought or what I expected initially, but these are some of the things that we're working with. Yeah, so um, the biggest inefficiencies that, that I see, um, you know, just with bureaucracy and, and red tape, you know, there's a lot of, of regulations that constrain growth, for the the private sector, you know, to kind of to flourish, you know. So I think the best thing that that governments can do is actually is to do as little as possible when it comes yeah. to those sorts of things. You know, obviously it's government's job to, you know, provide services, public safety, uh, maintaining infrastructure, doing things like that. So you know, as much as we can do to make the policy and regulations more business friendly, the better, you know? Yeah. Well, I think that's always the key. And you hear about that a lot. Red tape, red tape, you know, you don't hear much about blue tape or yellow tape, but you hear a lot of red tape, (laughs) you know? And it's just like, uh, man, there's, there's just more and more taxations. There's more and more regulations, as you mentioned, as, as a, a, you know, multi-business owner myself. I mean, we definitely see that. And it's, it's a problem and it definitely stifles growth. How about, you know, from what you've seen to where you are now, you know, again, kind of newer into the field, you're not a, you're not a career politician, you know, you, you've come from a smaller business. Do you feel like you've really been a place where you've been able to make some significant progress in your eyes? I think that we're on the right track. Uh, I wouldn't say that we're quite there yet. But, you know, also with government, it moves at such a slow pace that yeah. uh, sometimes it's like, you know, like herding cats, you know, it feels like. Um, <laughs> Why but, do you think that is, by the way? You know, I, I haven't figured that one out yet. <laughs> I'm still trying to get to the bottom of that one. Okay. So it's just the pace in general. But you feel like you've been able to kind of make some forward progress in your tenure. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that I think that we're on the right track and and you know we're doing some good things here. Yeah. What do you see as far as that area? You know, I mean, I, when I grew up there, a lot of people aren't familiar, you know, Altoona, Pennsylvania, believe it or not, was a a big key back in the day for the railroad and moving supplies west. You know, the Horseshoe Curve, some of you may have heard of the Horseshoe Curve out there if you haven't, feel free to google it. And it was a big, big deal back in the day. In fact, it had the largest, I'm sure you know this, Matt, too, but it had the largest outdoor pool, I think, in the world at the time, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah. And there were some other things that were kind of interesting, but the the, the infrastructure and kind of, the, we'll call it the business culture 
of what is now kind of running the town, running the area has kind of changed. It's it's changing. Do you see that it's changing a little bit more from a blue collar to kind of a white collar feel in the area? And, and, and if so, what is changing that from your perspective? Yeah, it's definitely shifting. As you said, you know, the, the Pennsylvania Railroad was basically started right here in Altoona. So, you know, our, our heritage, you know, everybody's proud of our railroad heritage, you know, and it's still strong to this day. And Norfolk Southern, they, you know, they still employ a lot of people here in Altoona, but the industry is definitely shifting to more of an Eds and Meds community here in Altoona. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. If you look at Pittsburgh, they're going through the same sort of rebranding themselves or finding their new identity, if you will. You know, and they're they're sort of in the same position as that we are. You know, we're just at a much smaller scale, but nonetheless, you know, we're still, I think, kind of shifting to more of an Eds and Meds community with Penn State Altoona yeah. continuing to grow and expand. Uh, UPMC Altoona is, is growing and expanding. And, uh, you know, there's just a lot of jobs in the healthcare field here now that are opening up. What do you think about, you know, because I know my experience has been the fact that, you know, that area in general is kind of closer. We're seeing this with small towns across the country sometimes is uh, they're being picked out specifically because of the quality of life is better. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are in a place where they're saying, you know, yeah, the cities are great for a period of time, big cities, and it's fine and it's fun to go to and everything else. But, you know, sometimes that hustle and bustle is, it's a lot, you know, and you're kind of fighting through every day just to live life. And so the whole allure of the, you know, just kind of dumb it down. I don't mean as far as mentality, but I mean, to simplify your life, you know, live in such a way where you're kind of out and free a little bit and, and you're closer. I mean, that area is close to DC. It's like three hours from DC, which is great. And, and, you know, obviously DC's blowing up and then it's just about a five hour ride to New York. And of course with private jets, with automobiles that we have today and things like that, I mean, that those, that time frame is just, do you see a lot of folks coming in from those areas, even Philadelphia and other places like that? Yeah, and you said it perfectly. You know, we're centrally located to where, you know, we are within close proximity of of those cities, you know, that you mentioned were, you know, about an hour and a half east of Pittsburgh. You know, we can be in Philly in three and a half hours, New York in four and a half, five. So, yeah, you're right. You can get city living without the headaches of bigger cities. We have the luxury of experiencing all uh, four seasons here, you know, in, in Altoona. Um, we have some great skiable mountains here in the area. So, yeah, it is, like you said, it's good for people who who want to, you know, maybe not deal with large city living, but they're still close to some of that that is going on in bigger cities. And if you look at, you know, Amazon shopping around for a new location for their second headquarters and, you know, Pittsburgh, if they were to choose Pittsburgh, you know, that would have an impact on Altoona and Blair County as well, because, you know, oh the people that they're looking to employ there, they're going to want to, you know, find things to do on the weekends and, and, you know, get away to places, you know, whether that be hiking or kayaking, you know, or Mm -hmm. in the winter skiing. Mm -hmm. And and that could lead to a lot of people, you know, making their way to Altoona and Blair County as well. Yeah. Which is, which is a beautiful thing. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the allure in a lot of ways. What what are your, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let you give you the last question here. And that is, what what are you most excited about for the town in the future, as you um, see it as mayor? I see businesses are continuing to to grow in the city and in downtown, and it's really exciting that the buzz that is surrounding that, you know, it's it's really a renaissance that's taking place in, in downtown. You know, when I first mm-hmm. got elected, you had so many vacant buildings in downtown, but now, you know, people are starting to buy up these buildings to um, rehab them, to renovate them, to just breathe new life into them. You know, people are excited about that. And it's really exciting to see just the whole attitude for, you know, the city residents and stuff is just, you know, starting to turn more positive now, you know, and, and we're we're looking to, you know, put things in place to attract youth and young professionals back to the area. You know, we're looking to add more market rate housing 
increase the mobility options for for people to travel you know with bike lanes and, and other other things of that nature i'm looking to partner with penn state altoona now on a bike share program that would you know let people travel around the city uh with with bikes you know that was once a thing that was reserved for for big cities you know uh, yeah. bike shares but now yeah. more and more smaller communities are beginning to offer that and uh it's a good option i think to add an amenity like that for people to want to get around so you know there's a lot of positive things going for for altoona and uh you know we're really excited about where we're going and and where things are going to be in the next few years well, I tell you, the beauty of the area is is something that I always uh, remember, you know, when I come back into town, as I do periodically through the year, whether it be to meet with, you know, clients or family or, you know, friends and that kind of thing. And it's always a great time. Well, of course, the kids, my kids love to go to the curve, you know, the Pittsburgh Pirates uh, farm team. That's a beautiful stadium, almost looking like Canham Yards. And, and if you're out there listening to this, by the way, regardless of where you are in the country, I'm going to challenge you. If you're thinking about relocation, you're thinking about in a place where there's opportunity, that might be one something you want to check out. I mean, it definitely the cost of living is very low and comparable to many parts of the country, and you can buy a lot for your money there, quite honestly, which is great. Uh, but hey, Mayor, I just want to say thanks again for joining us on the show and, and, and sharing some insight and thought from a, a younger but up-and-coming mayor that's rocking and rolling in a, in a town, a small town like many small towns across America. We're seeing revitalization, and I love to see that. So thanks so much for sharing your insight. Thanks, Michael. We'll see you next time that you're in town. Yeah, absolutely. Boy, what a great great interview, Matt. Thanks for uh, our mayor, official now. Again, i got to get it in my head here. It's, it's, it's official, but thanks for joining us and, and sharing thought and insight. And by the way, if you're out there listening, uh, and obviously if you're listening, you're out there. <laughs> so make sure to check out this area. It might be something where you want to kind of look for something. You want to you be in an opportunity where, where it's growth, things are happening, but yet at the same time, it's, a, it's kind of a slower pace of life with a lot of opportunity. There's two websites you can go to. One is Explore Altoona. Dot com Again, that's Explore Altoona. That's A-L-T-O-O-N-A. Not tuna like the fish, but A-L-T-O-O-N-A. ExploreAltoona.com. Or you can go to ABCD, like the alphabet, ABCDCorp.org. Again, ABCDCorp.org. And that will give you some great insight on what's going on in Blair County. Well, coming up next, we've got an interview from the guys from Chicago. Great band. They've done a lot of great hits. Uh, sold over 100 million records. Their 50th anniversary tour. We interviewed them. That's going to be coming up next. So stay tuned. You're going to hear it right after this. I'm the man. Hi, it's Michael Wall here. Have you ever wondered how to find the right financial advisor? Or what investments should I be invested in? Or how do I transition and reposition my portfolio as I move into the retirement stage of life? The investment needs in retirement are different than those while you're working. What we've done is we've put together a simple, easy to understand video series that you're gonna love. Go to leanonthewall.com. Again, that's leanonthewall.com and click on the Retire Well video series. When you click on that, you're gonna have the opportunity to enter your information and then get exclusive access to a video series I've created just for you to help you get simple information that is gonna be profound in helping you achieve the retirement you've always wanted. Again, go to leanonthewall.com to access the Retire Well video series. Helping families grow and protect their wealth. This is the Michael Wall Show. Well, here we are back to the show. Going to have a great interview with Chicago. A little while back, I, I actually had the opportunity to sit with Chicago, the band, and interview them and talk about their life and journey on the road and just success over the years. So I wanted to air that for you again because it was a great interview and very insightful. We talked about how your music has really transcended time and age really in a lot of ways and there was a buddy of mine before I was coming here he was I don't know late 20s he's like oh you're going to interview Chicago I was like yeah man he's like dude I love that band you know so <laughs> I, you know one of the things that I thought about is is just really the idea of the fact that and I think you mentioned it I'm not sure which one of you it was but you mentioned the idea that it's it's real music 
Yeah. You know, I mean, so so much of the stuff we're hearing, even like in the 90s and 2000s and coming later is computer and digital and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. How do you think that really creates um, and, and has changed over the years as far as music in general? Well, because the stuff that's coming out now is so popular, I hesitate to say that it's not music because mm. people go, what do you mean it's not <laughs> yeah. music? What the hell's wrong with you? Yeah. It's another way to make music. Yeah. It's another way to make music. But yeah. like you said, we have made it in a, in a different way, more more like they were doing it in the 30s, 20s, 30s, and 40s, you know, mm. putting mm-hmm. formulaic uh, songs together and changing them up some. And, you know, with Jimmy adding... Uh, horn arrangements to rock and roll songs uh, mm. we put our own style constantly on. mixing it up yeah yeah absolutely well and I think that's huge is just being willing to, you talked earlier about kind of taking your coats off and turning them inside out you know it's <laughs> yeah. just kind of being willing to reinvent yourself and be fresh and I know Robert you're in a situation where you've explained this before but the 25 or 6 to 4 uh, the meaning behind it and some of those things can you share for our listeners we got a lot of Chicago fans what that thinking was as far as where that came from in that song specifically. Well, you know, that was really early on in in my journey into being a songwriter. And uh, uh, I had the idea, I had the musical grid in my mind, but I was having trouble with the lyrics. Mm. So I just, I just sort of uh, defaulted to, I'm just going to describe what this process is so waiting for the break of day I was we, I was working very late at night near dawn I was looking out over over uh, the city uh, of Hollywood <laughs> so I was describing seeing lights against the sky mm. and 25 or 64 was just a reference I looked over and I saw a clock on the wall and the hands were 25 or 26 minutes to four. Yeah. So I, I just, I just needed that line to yeah. get to the next line. Yeah. So, uh, it's a, it's not really an astounding story, but yeah. it's the story of that song. It was an in the moment situation. Yeah. I was just really trying to describe the, describe the process of writing that particular song. And you know what I loved about that? This is the reason I ask it. And Jimmy, you mentioned something about responsibility from the stage. Is the idea of commitment. Right, you guys are, I mean, the reason you're one of the best rock bands for a long time, I mean, 50 years, it's intense, you guys are committed, and that's that's what I've seen, that's what I love in the songs, and you talked about specifically the responsibility from the stage, the audience, and the kind of the, what you get to do, how important is that as you see adding value to listeners and, and kind of really leaving impact on them as time moves along? Well, yeah, the responsibility to the music is very great. And if you're not going to do your best, yeah, don't do it at all. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't be mailing it in. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. And we take huge pride. Yeah. In the ability to get up there and uh, do it the old-fashioned way. I mean, veteran musicians mm-hmm. that do it very well mm-hmm. um, because we've been doing it a long time, and we're going to give that audience the best we got yeah. every night. Yeah. They're going to come in. They're going to hear the record note for note. Yeah. performed live and you look out there and and because of what we've talked about a lot of current uh, projects being so much karaoke or canned music or mm-hmm. lip syncing and what have you it's, yeah it's everywhere you know to get up there and do it yeah with no smoke and mirrors yeah amazes people yeah they look at it and they're going wow they're making these sounds yeah. by themselves. Yeah, 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 yeah. totally. Which yeah. is huge. Yeah. And, and then for the younger generation, they're so used to the, you know, whether it be virtual reality or whatever it may be. So when they see real stuff, you said about kind of all in. I remember uh, a Zig Ziglar. I listened to Zig a lot growing up, and his mom used to tell him, "If you're in something, get in it." And if you're not in it, get out, you know? And so you guys were all in, right? I mean, you were We're in a situation where, you know, and that's why you made the impact that you have. And I know we talked about earlier, just the idea of legacy in general, um, kind of transitioning things to your grandkids and, you know, um, that whole process. As you live life and you look at some of the listenership and the impact from music, what type of legacy do you want to leave? I think that we were just a, a good band, good mm. rock and roll band mm. with horns, I guess, right? Yeah. But good musicians. Yeah. You know, and if this music outlasts us, perhaps that would be the ultimate gift yeah. to leave something behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the great composers in history that are long gone are still remembered mm-hmm. through their work. Mm-hmm. And if we can be blessed with that phenomenon mm-hmm. after this, 
that would be ultimate for me. Here's the thing. Music, in my opinion, music is best listened to in a live situation. Mm. I mean, recordings, yeah, I mean, that's that's the way we access it most right. of the time. So, so playing for an audience is a really profound experience for us. And for the audience, I think one of the reasons we're still around is that whatever it is that we do, whatever the music is that we do, it has some sort of fascination for the audience to observe us playing it live. great interview with Robert and boy if you have never seen Chicago live I'm going to challenge you make sure go find them out they are a great show great musicians and they just, they just put a lot of energy in the show I really really enjoyed it and, and you will too if you haven't if you've seen them in the past go see them again just a lot of fun hey make sure that you take advantage of listening to the entire show if you missed it go back to the michaelwallshow.com and you can make sure you're subscribed listen to the show we talked about a lot of things from you know success and your responsibility for your own success as well as you know baby boomers hitting 70 and a half and how it's going to affect the markets demographic investing, having the wrong investments and how that can affect your retirement and your portfolio in general, as well as interview with Matt Pacifico, mayor of Altoona, and of course, Chicago. What a great, great show. Last but not least, I want to challenge you, take advantage of our offer. It's going to give you great insight and great value. We're giving away our free book, Retire Once, Retire Well. It's a bestseller. All you got to do is go to michaelwallshow.com slash free book. Again, michaelwallshow.com slash free book. All you'll need to do is just take care of uh, shipping and handling. We'll send that book out to you for free. But as we move into our next week, my challenge as always is this week, and that is to add value to someone who cannot do something in return back to you. Let's, as a group, let's change this world. Let's make it a better place. And I look forward to catching you next week on The Michael Wall Show. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening to The Michael Wall Show. To schedule your personal wealth review, call 888-511-WALL. That's 888-511-9255. To find out more about Michael and the team at the Wall Financial Group, head to leanonthewall.com. By contacting us, we'll review aspects of your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of Wall Private Wealth LLC, a registered investment advisor, and solicitation offered through Clarify Advisory Network, an SEC registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than what originally invested. Michael Wall is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal or tax advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. Insurance and annuities offered through Wall Financial Group Inc. Hey, this is Michael Wall, and if I started quoting statistics for you about slavery, saying that 40 million people were held against their will, you would probably think that this was a history lesson about the 1800s. But that figure is accurate right now. Human trafficking is now one of the world's fastest growing industries, putting mainly women and young girls into forced labor and sexual exploitation as well as organ harvesting. Operation Underground Railroad is a nonprofit group that is doing the difficult work of rescuing these victims and arresting those responsible. Most of us can't do this dangerous and vitally important work, but we can help. How can we help? Go to OURfilm.org. Again, OURfilm.org to learn more. If you took the population of LA, New York, and London combined, it would not equal the number of people who are victims of human trafficking. Join me in this fight to protect our children from this horrible act. The only way this will stop is if good people get involved. 
Again, go to OURfilm.org, OURfilm.org to join the fight.